Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Silocast with myself, Ollie and Glint. Hi Ollie, you are right, mate? Hi, yeah, I'm good, thanks Glint. So um, so this evening we'll be recording and talking about um, the Warsaw game um, from yesterday and Saturday. Um, and yeah, we're talking about obviously the um, ongoing saga of waiting for a new manager. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, I, I went to Bradford last week and you weren't there, so you, you were sort of interested in sort of my thoughts and feelings, and it's sort of the opposite thing this week, isn't it? Because I couldn't make Walsall, and obviously you went, and uh, we've just had a quick chat about your thoughts on it, so it's going to be quite interesting to unpick that one. So, um, yeah, it sounded like an interesting game, Ollie, didn't it? Yeah, no, it was an interesting game, plenty to talk about, and um, yeah, no, it was a, a positive um, output from the players. Not the result we wanted, but mm. some, certainly some positives there for us to discuss. Yeah, cool. Let's get straight into that Walsall game then, mate, and start start seeing where we get to. Given straight back to Shrewsbury Town as they build from the back again with Grant into the edge with Collins. Bobby Grant still going on to his left foot and shoots Shrewsbury Town straight into the league. So yes, away at Walsall again, Ollie, and uh, another loss. We never seem to win there, do we? Which is uh, a bit unfortunate. So yeah, we lost 3-2, didn't we? Um, obviously, it was right near the end when they scored. So our goals come through Lancashire and Brown and uh, there's through Bakioko, Morris and... Alt Zuma, I think his name is. Oh, God knows. I can't even pronounce half our names, half our players' names. So I'm not going to struggle with Warsaw players. Obviously, uh, our team was Lipwider in goal. Um, Riley McGiven, um, Grimmer, Brown at the back, and then obviously the midfield of uh, Ian Black, uh, Abu Agogo, and Anthony Sarovic, and, and then Mangan and George Waring up front. So a uh, bit of a different team again. If you play sort of different people in different positions, wasn't it, Ollie? So. It was nice to see almost 600 town fans there. I think that was my main positive I took from it from the start, looking at the sort of bare bones of the of the fixtures and the results and the, and the attendance. So, yeah, Ollie, where do you want to start, really? Because you were at this one, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, going into the game, um, neither team was on a good run of form. Um, out of the last ten, both teams had only won two. Um, Shrewsbury had drawn three, and Walsall um, just pipped us, and they drawn they drew four. So mm. both teams kind of going into the game with um, a poor run of form, um, and yeah, quite obviously desperate to try and win um, a, what is a local derby. Um, I think probably first thing worth saying is that Walsall um, are not particularly a great side. Mm, um, yeah. So it is disappointing that we didn't win this game, but. Um, um, yeah, it'd probably come on to this in terms of how good the teams are in the league. But um, yeah, certainly player for player, um, Warsaw, you wouldn't say were better than better than the Shrewsbury Town team. So yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I think it's always one of those ones where when you come away from that game thinking, oh, they were beatable, you know, or you know, we should have been, shouldn't have lost that sort of thing. That's it's almost more frustrating, isn't it, than a game where you've got absolutely shelled like three nil to say Charlton. You probably come away from the Warsaw game on on Saturday feeling even more frustrated with our sort of predicament because you know Charlton were expected to be up there at the top of the season. We lost three nil. No one was really expecting that, were they? But you know the way it's going and and things like that, we really needed a result. And and I think that having the kick in the teeth of that late goal makes it even more frustrating, doesn't it, for the six hundred that were there? Yeah, no, it certainly does. So um, yeah, we decided to cut this game up um, into kind of like two halves. Start with the positives, and then they're normally two halves, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of cutting it up differently. So yeah, let's talk about some of the, the positives. So. Um, I guess from a from a positive point of um, side, we were a lot more attacking. Hmm. Um, so kind of like building on um, Riley's pre-match um, interview he did um, with the, with the media, he was saying that he wants the team to kind of push forward and be more attacking, and they they certainly did do that. Um, they were a lot more attacking, um, and they created quite a lot of chances as well. Yeah. So um, so fair play to them. So fair play to Danny Coyle and the lads. Um, they um, were a lot more attacking, and yeah, they created some chances and. I'd have to probably say it probably was the most entertaining game from a town attacking point of view. Um, and I guess kind of just coming on to the two kind of 
contentious points. Um, there was a, um, a penalty that which which was awarded by the ref, but then cancelled by um, the ref when he noticed that the linesman had put up his flag. Mm. Um, the club um, at the time and also worrying recently had come out after after the game and saying he wasn't offside. I didn't think he was off. He was offside. You normally get a sense, don't you? If yeah. someone's offside, you can kind of feel it from you know all the hundreds of games that we've watched. And he didn't feel like he was offside, so that was really frustrating. Um, and then there was also uh, Mangan put the ball in the back of the net, um, and he was judged to be an offside. Now, obviously, Mangan often is offside, but <laughs> yeah, I don't lots. think he was on this side on this occasion. So, so yeah, no. And I think also interestingly, you know. Mickey Menon was always um, always saying he wanted to play like passing football. What um, what we did here is we played long ball, so mm. we went quite long, quite quick. Basically, we were trying to get the ball in the box as quick as we could, and um, playing the ball to Waring. And Waring had a really good game, really really good game, and he was solid. I mean, you could tell that um, he was putting their defence under a lot of pressure because they were constantly fouling him, constantly pulling his shirt. Um, so yeah, no, that was um, that was a real positive, different kind of tactics, more direct. But um, yeah, that that, that kind of worked. You saying about different tactics and being more attacking, which is obviously something this podcast has <laughs> been quite clear we'd like to see. So that's it's obviously the first thing you brought up as a positive and, and a fair thing to say. Obviously, we we only played four at the back, didn't we, this week? Does that make the big difference? Does that free up that sort of flexibility going forward? No, we played the same formation oh, did we? again. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we played stupid. three at the back. <laughs> we played three at the back um, with wing backs. So oh, we did. Yeah. The back, you Sorry, to say, I yeah. read it That's wrong. Okay. Yeah. No worries. Um, so, what was the difference then? If we played, if we played four at the back, was it just so? It was just a mentality thing of, of being slightly more attacking. It was, you know, obviously that formation's fairly similar to what we've been playing recently. I guess it's just they were more on the front foot, which is probably why they let three goals in. Is it? You know, looking from afar, <laughs> that's sometimes the sort of thing that happens when you go more attacking. So, yeah, what was the what was the drive behind that attacking, you know, view? What what, what was the thing that was different to recent weeks? So obviously the last recent home games we've been, especially under Mellon, we were often putting the ball back and we were quite critical with the, the wing backs getting the ball and pressing back to central defenders yeah. and not going forward. So they were pushing it forward, so trying to kind of make yards, almost, you know, in a kind of rugby kind of possession, getting the ball up the pitch. So we were getting the ball up the pitch quicker. And yeah, we were certainly pushing forward. So Riley was in playing in uh, his average position was a lot higher up the pitch. Mm. Um, and the players were just a bit keener to kind of yeah just kind of move forward rather than trying to retain the ball over the back. So there was wasn't so much passing the ball around the, the back line. Mm, that's good. Okay, okay. As I say I've noticed you've written down our sort of pre pre sort of podcast notes that it was more chances created, which I think is obviously something we've also wanted to see for, for a while now, isn't it? And and it does open up a, a few questions um, that are sort of quite interesting about it's all well and good creating more chances, but we're not we're not sort of taking them. I know we scored two goals, but you know you sort of from from what you were talking to me and people have sort of seen online that they did create more chances but we did miss quite a few as well yeah we did miss a few um i guess that's kind of players are low in confidence yeah um i saw uh, an interesting point from matt ashton he was comparing warring to kai kai how it took him six seven games to kind of adjust to league yeah, one true and, um i think warring the more he plays um the more of a presence he was and I really like him. I don't know what there is about him. There's just some, you know, he just like a player. He 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 puts himself about. Um, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't mess around. He seems quite a, a passionate lad. Tidy, uh, yeah. He's tidy yeah, on the ball, isn't he? and he's he? a good player. Yeah, he looks like a good player. So yeah, I, I'm hopefully he'll be okay. He did come off injured at the end of the game, but I hope he'll be back for Tuesday and keep playing him because yeah, we're only going to really 
you know, I don't say there's anyone else that should be playing ahead of him. Maybe when Tony comes back, him and Tony can play up front again. Uh, Mangan did a bit of work running around. But, um, yeah, finishing wasn't great. Sarovic had a good chance and he was getting into the box. And also, actually, on talk of um, attacking, like a go-go got in the box a few times as well. So, yeah, everyone was mm. kind of much more eager to kind of get into the box and be of a threat. And I guess that, well, yeah, let's not come on to the negatives yet, but that kind of did contribute a little bit to one of the goals we conceded. But um, but no, the players certainly tried the hardest. It does sound like the shackles are starting to come off, doesn't it? From say We said that the other week, didn't we? It'd be nice to see the shackles come off. And it does start to sound like that is happening. And I think that's important for you know the new manager, isn't it? That they're going to have a bit less negativity about them than when he comes in so that there is that ability to sort of change the, the mentality and change the viewpoint about how we're going to be playing so yeah that's quite good it's interesting when you were saying about Andy Mangan I was interested to see you know do you think he did enough to keep Tony out of the team if he comes back Is it was his performance enough to, to sort of warrant a first team start next week because it sounds like Waring's was yeah, Waring definitely um, will play. Um, he deserves to start yeah. again if he's fit. Um, N- Mangan, um, it wasn't too effective. Um, I guess his kind of accuracy of shooting was highlighted when he hit one of the um, Shooty Town fans in the warm-up. No, he always um, does that, which, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he always <laughs> does. Yeah, that's a bit unfortunate. Um, but... Um, no, I think Tony should get back in the Good. side if yeah. he's fit. Um, Mangan didn't do anything particularly wrong, but um, he didn't do anything particularly great either. But no. um, yeah, that's where we were. Yeah, because Waring and Tony in the second half at Bradford, if you remember back to last week, I said they they looked like a pro- they would look like they were actually could be a partnership. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see them not you know get a run now, and and it's harsh on AJ Leach Smith and Mangan and, and and the other strikers we've got. But it would just be nice to see two guys get a go and, and actually stick with them and see if they can sort of build a partnership because I think that's what we really need. But for all we know, uh, the new manager might come in and start favouring one up front again and <laughs> we might be back to square one with strikers. But yeah, we'll have to see, won't we? But those two for me. Yeah, one thing also we were a bit critical of um, of um, of Mickey Mellon um, was the constant um, changes and stuff. I don't know if there was some suspensions, but there was a lot of formations and changes. And at least Danny Coyle's gone where I'm going to try and keep the same team, keep the same formation, um, better for worse, and then just yeah, just, just try and get the lads um, the chance to build some confidence mm. in some games. Do, do you think the level of performance that's obviously in, it was it you know we're going to get to the point where we lost in a minute, which is you know the bad parts of it all. But do you think that level of performance is is sort of improved, particularly this week, with the knowledge that there must be a new manager there or thereabouts now that's watching these games or be getting the DVDs and in you know in in essence they're playing for their places again. The season starts again, doesn't it? And you know no one wants to be putting in a bad performance at this stage of the game because they might not be getting the place in the, in the new manager's team. So there's you know I think I personally think that obviously plays a part. But what about you, Jack? Um, Ollie? Um, yeah, I think I think one thing we did say is that um, the players had were continuing to work for Mickey Mellon. I'd say mm-hmm. um, on this game, I'd say they kind of up that level. So um, the amount of blocks that they were making, throwing themselves at the ball. Um, so Agogo had a lot of blocks. Brown took one in the chest um, from a shot. They really were putting their bodies on the line yeah. um, and really trying to. Um, yeah, they they did. I think you know in terms of their effort. Um, I couldn't criticise them. They were they played really well. I was pretty proud of their performance. Yeah, I obviously I wasn't there, but I listened to the the radio Shropshire commentary, and um, it's it's quite funny. You mentioned two of the things that I can sort of remember, sort of from listening to the commentary. The first one was that you know they were flabbergasted by some of the blocks that town players were making. You know, I can I can remember Dunny and and Mark Elliott sort of saying, "I can't believe that that's not gone in," or you know, Abba Gogo's just you know put his body right on the line sort of thing. And and 
that's great to hear. You know, the commentary was funny. But going back to that thing you said about um, the penalties and the red cards that weren't given, and particularly that penalty, um, I remember Stuart Dunn and Mark Elliott being, first of all, oh, Stonewall penalty. You know, he's given it, he's given it. Yes, Town are, Town are doing, you know, they're going to get it. And then they, and, you know, like all the fans, like yourself, probably like all the, all the other people in the press, pretty much the whole ground, you, no one could quite believe what happened there, could they? So, what, you know, just going on to that one specific moment, what, what was it like being in the ground, seeing what happened there with the, the penalty being given and then not given? Yeah, it was really it was really confusing because they were attacking the way end that we were at, so the way fans were um, behind the goal, and it was really close. You could see his shirt was massively being pulled. Really clear Stonewall penalty, um, and yeah, it was just frustration. There was quite a lot of frustration mm. in this game, and that was that was one of the peaks of frustration during the game. And yeah, it's um, unfortunately it wasn't in the extended highlights that piece. So I was really keen to see it back, but the club of um, made a comment later on this today saying that um, they thought he was onside so yeah really frustrating and it just feels like we're not Gosh. getting the luck yeah. not getting the luck that we kind of deserve more well, margins Ollie it's fine margins yeah it's fine margins again <laughs> but fine offside be- margins it's even finer <laughs> than before now yes but in terms of positives just kind of some we were much much more attacking created lots of chances and um, yeah came away from a, a game thinking Unlucky, frustrated defensively, but in terms of going forward, uh, fair play to the lads. We really did try. Mm. Okay, that's good to hear. Anyway, do you want to? I mean, we're going to go through the negatives and stuff now, but I suppose it probably is worth starting with the the goals that you know, and then sort of go through them one by one in terms of the, the sort of story of the match because that will kind of cover most of the negatives as well, won't yeah, it? Yeah, so it will. Obviously, we conceded early, Ollie. Again, you know, twenty three minutes in. And I, and I saw the highlights of that goal. It didn't look great from from sort of first view of a sort of extended highlights. What was what was your views of the this first Walsall goal really? Because it looked pretty sloppy. Yeah, it. Um, it I was pretty. Um, I don't want to swear, but pretty pretty um, annoyed at that moment. So yeah, the um, what happened was um, um, Walsall did a counter attack. Yeah. Um, the ball was in the central midfield. Grimmer kind of had to come out of the back three to try and support and to try and win the ball. He kind of got they got. The ball passed around him. The ball went to the right-hand side of the back three where Elhab struggled to get back over um, and then they put the ball in the back of the net. So, yeah, a bit of defensive disorganisation. Um, Warsaw was, and the, their striker was smart enough to go in the gap that he left. Yeah. Um, but it, I just don't understand how we got three central defenders. Okay, one popped in to kind of help midfield, but Elhab couldn't get across. He did go off injured, so I don't know whether he started the game injured. Mm, but it yeah. was very, very frustrating. It was quite quick, um, obviously in real time when you were there. And it was just like, how did that happen? And you, at the time, I was just like, what are we just yeah this kind of sense, same sloppy kind of defensive yeah. um, frailties came in it, it, it is frustrating isn't it with the three centre-backs and we'll keep saying it until it stops happening but how players can find so much space in a box opposition players when we've got the three centre-backs and yeah. with Grimmer normally tucked in quite tight as well it's just it is absolutely maddening isn't it but um, you can't just rule it down to luck all the time can you it's about positioning and, and shape and all that sort of things and we do just tend to lose it a little bit here and there so yes one all down and then obviously we all feared the worst after um, Bradford and not really being able to get back into it but we actually popped up with a goal and surprisingly Ollie, I, I, the first thing I noted about this when I saw we'd scored was it came from a set piece because we've been it rubbish did. at defending and, and attacking them this season so it's about time we got some joy out of that. Yeah, so it was the 30th minute Lancashire scored um, from a, a nice free kick, and it was quite far back, actually. Black, um, it was, yeah. Yeah, it's quite far back from Black. So he took a nice put a ball right into the perfect area, and um, yeah, Lancashire looped it into the into the back of the net. If I was a Warsaw fan at this point, I think I'd be quite cheesed off, because um, they had dominated the game to this point. <laughs> yeah, but well, the, um, tough. But, the, but that game, but that goal kind of um, spurred us on. 
yeah um and gave us a real opportunity to um yeah to try and come into the game and kind of woke us up a bit yeah and then obviously um the game we had a few chances um and then they scored again which was mm. unfortunately to use the same word again but sloppy mm. so we couldn't we couldn't clear the ball um from a from a we couldn't claw the ball out of the box um, and basically they just they popped it into the back of the net um it was just sloppy again um yeah. we failed to clear our lines like interesting question for you do, i mean do, do, do you is there one of the defenders that stands out more culpable for those goals than the other or is it sort of a more of a you know they're all in it together sort of thing or you know it is there is there one of them there you thought because obviously Alabd went off between the goals didn't he so that kind of unsettled things i suppose didn't it but um is there one person you you sort of start to think is is maybe the problem or do you just think it's more of a of a sort of shape tactical thing yeah it's it's that's a good question um there was a for me it's a shape thing so mm. both the goals kind of came from our defensive right so where you say Grimmer was their second goal um basically they they just passed the ball around us um, stretched us and then um, their number 10 got behind us in kind of like Grimmer's area yeah. and then crossed the ball into, into the box we struggled to clear it and then they yeah then they scored scuffed it in a bit didn't he it sort of bounced it the floor and bounced yeah. the paper a while I saw that yeah and this is the thing I just find I just find really frustrating about this formation is you've got a go-go and um, black playing defensive midfield and they've got to cover the whole width of the pitch um, which means that if say for example Brown has Obviously, if you're an opposition team and you're playing against a team that have got wing backs, the first thing you're going to do is try and get your winger and your fullback mm. to outnumber the wing back, which means a go go that needs to come over. And then, obviously, if a go go goes over, he leaves black on his own in the middle. And yeah, we just get stretched too often, yeah. um, and it's really frustrating. It's easy to pull you apart, pull you apart, isn't it? And pull you all over the shop. And yeah, you're right. Once you get out of that shape, and if you look back at a lot of our goals, you, you know, we always, like I just said a minute ago, you've got players finding lots of space, but it's because invariably you're right. They've they've pulled us out of position, and and our players haven't been smart enough or quick enough to get either man to man or to get back into their shape. And I, I imagine a lot of our goals, if you go back and look at it, have come from that this season. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to actually have a look at that. I might go back and do a bit of a, do a bit of a view the goals and see what it looks like but yeah half time then 2-1 down um struggling struggling again obviously to to get level after the half time and then obviously we've got another one of our defenders pops up with a goal old uh, old free scoring junior brown he's got quite a few this season hasn't he yeah he did yeah so that was a nice one so obviously a scramble from a corner um but he yeah he's, he seems to have that um, he's obviously got that winger's um spirit in him and yeah he just popped it in and kind of dirtily kind of poked into the back of the net but um, yeah, every goal yeah it does and the funny thing is um he when he celebrated, um, he kind of like two-footed Riley. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so Riley was down. But then also, um, talking of um, celebrations as well, Mangan um, when we when Lancashire scored, kind of like jumped and pushed him, and then fell over and rolled over. So I think the lads need to um, work on their celebrations. I guess they're kind of out of practice of scoring too many goals. But yeah, uh, they don't don't score all that often. So you know, <laughs> yeah. you might as well enjoy it because it might not be. It might be another three weeks before we score again. But uh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, but I saw that goal. Yeah, just, he you know did his job, didn't he? Popped it in there, and uh, he seems to have been on the spot for a few of those sort of goals this season so far. So he's he's obviously uh, switched on when the ball goes live in the box. So fair play to him for that one. Um, and then obviously the game sort of went a bit mental after that, didn't it, Ollie? I yeah, don't know. it did. So it seemed, bit, it seemed a bit crazy listening to it on the radio, anyway. Yeah, so we did, and this is where we'd say we had our brightest spell of the game. So we were creating several chances. Um, this is when yeah the offsides happened, mm. um, where we got those two offsides that were cancelled against us. And yeah, we would do. I really thought we were going to win this game. I thought it was going to be our day, and we were going to finally win away at Warsaw. And then, yeah, 
You're not happy you, with. Can I, no. can I just say this here? Ollie is not happy with Ryan McGiven. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's not happy at all. But then a lot of town fans who were there, and even ones of us weren't there. You know, just before we get into it, it's interesting that we had the whole El Ab thing at Berry, didn't it, Ollie? And we talked yeah. in depth about that and about how it was obviously going to happen. And he was very unprofessional to have let it happen. But that's different because he committed a professional foul trying to stop a goal from being scored because he's a bit slow and a bit crap. You know, that's what happened in that game. What happened with McGivens just completely different, isn't it? That's just yeah. head loss and not thinking about your your game management and whatever way you cut it, it looks really bad. Yeah, it was terrible. You know, I'm like, you know, you know me, obviously, you know me quite well, Glenn, and some other people who listen to the pod know I'm quite a calm person. Mm. Um, ordinarily, you know, I'm not a loud person. I don't shout and scream, or you know, um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be the kind of guy that would be on, you know, a train station shouting anything at opposition fans <laughs> or something. No, it's just not me. But. I actually was so angry and shouting that people were kind of looking around and turning at me, which is, I think, the first time it's ever happened to me at um, a football game. And yeah, so for those who um, who, who don't know that, um, so McGiven um, was already on a yellow, and um, their striker kind of comes flying in a bit like a classic striker. He kind of does, yeah. you know, comes in clumsy. He, McGiven goes down, and rather than just staying down like most players do these days, he kind of gets up, jumps up, and pushes him. Mm, and, stupid. Yeah, and you like. He's on a yellow. Was he done? <laughs> oh my god, the game's really was in our favour, and then he got sent off. And yeah, I, I'm trying to. I was trying to think of a word that I could use that would be brainless. Kind of like, yeah, but I was trying to think of a word that um, would mean swear word, we wouldn't have to do loads like. of bleeping. Yeah, so <laughs> I think the best way to describe it is a complete and utter tool. <laughs> Like an absolute idiot, and and it, watching back on the obviously the, the game where it was the other end of the pitch and didn't notice it, but watching the highlights, I was quite impressed with Riley, just yeah. giving him a mouth, not a mouthful of abuse, just saying, "What were you doing?" Yeah, literally, you can mouth, you can lip read what he says on the highlights. He says, "What did you do that for?" And then he just sort of shakes his head, like so yeah. annoyed with him. But uh, yeah, obviously he apologised in the dressing room afterwards, didn't he? But it doesn't really cut much mustard when we went on to lose the game. But um, no. a game that you obviously believe that we probably could have won, and sounding sounds like it on the radio as well. So it, it's quite funny. But the stupid thing about it was for me is that obviously he got fouled. It was nailed on booking for their striker because it's late. If you look at that tackle, yeah. it was late. Then the ref booked the striker, didn't he? Afterwards, yeah, he did. The striker yeah. was obviously going to get booked. So McGiven getting fouled there. He's done the job just go down that strikes on a booking that's only going to help us going forward but no it's just it just comes to the temperament doesn't it and and it and it it opens up the questions about our well you know our our dis- discipline doesn't it ollie you know yeah. we've talked about it for a, for a few weeks but it's getting ridiculous now really and i know we were already top of the discipline table but we've, we've gone even far further ahead now um and i noticed that um someone had put together our booking so far this season when you read it we played what th- we played 13 games this season right this is this is what we're on in terms of suspensions and stuff for players so deegan has already had one six yellows one red already suspended tony six yellows one red already been suspended mcgiven five yellows one red He's basically suspended for the next game, isn't he? And he's already one yellow card away from another suspension. El Abda's had four yellow cards and one red. Already been suspended. Black, he's one yellow card away from from a suspension. He's had four. And then Grimmer has had three. Brown's had three. Agogo's had three um, yellows. And then Dodds and Riley have had two. Wally Lancashire, Saravich and Waring, one. That is nuts for 13 yeah. games into the season. To have already had basically five players suspended and Ian Black basically when he gets his next book he'll be out I would as even well. say I would say even Ian I'd say anyone from Ian Black downwards on our list so Ian whoever's got less than four yellows is probably fair enough yep. it's pretty easy to get a yellow yep. these days and quite especially a few defensive defenders. players yeah exactly so you've got, um, you've, got um, you've got Riley you've got Brown obviously Gogo in central field Brimble, so that's fair yeah. enough but El Hab McGiven Tony and Deegan that's terrible it's and for yeah. me it was almost at the game I was chatting to my mate saying like what 
what what are the two things that you kind of like you were pulling what getting from that game and one our defensive um our poor defensive shape and our ability to yeah to kind of keep defense keep a clean sheet um, and secondly just feel like a bit i don't know if it, is it leaderless mm. or mm. is it is it like just like, like stupidity or like like McGiven was on Saturday, but there's something that seems like we seem to get wound up by a lot of other um, by players. So uh, Mangan giving fouls away, Tony's often giving fouls away. So not only little fouls, you know, petty fouls, pushing and stuff like that. And it's just um, yeah, it's it's just very frustrating and and it's not helping the cause, is it? That's <laughs> costing us money. You know, we got six yellows in that game, didn't we, on on Saturday? And I think that gets you a little fine from the FA. But obviously, yeah. in the week we found out we also got fined for the the trouble that there was at Berry as well. So that's another five k that's gone out of the budget from somewhere. And it's that's not you know we're not a massively <laughs> well-to-do club, are we? And five grand here, five grand there, ten grand here is the sort of thing that's going to not particularly help us when it comes to to further recruitment and things like that. And no. you know, and also it, it adds to the problem really. A discipline issue for me because you've got all these players who are getting a reputation now for reds and yellows because it's interesting all the guys that have got the most reds are also the guys that have got the most re- you know uh, sorry all the ones that have got the reds are also the ones with the most yellow cards so like Tony is pretty well known now as being someone that can probably get booked quite quite easily sort of thing and for a young lad making his way in a career it's not great is it to be honest with you no. um and so we're going to go into games now with referees aware of our discipline problem. And what normally happens with that sort of thing is you tend to get even more reds and yellows because there's an assumption that that's the way you play your game. And I've seen yep. it with teams we played before. And so, you know, just perpetuating the problems that we're going to have going forward with discipline. And I can't, you know, unless a new manager comes in and sort of gets us playing a different way and better and not so, you know, defensive all the time, there's only one way this is going to keep going. And I, I can see us keep getting reds and yellows going going forward, really, at this sort of same rate, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really frustrating. And it's almost a bit like how Stoke this season in the Premier League have had a um, lot of fouls against them and for, for the pulling in the shirt and the sh- pulling the shirts in the box. Yeah, and just... <laughs> and you... you you do get reputation, and and I'm sure the um, the league one and refs do talk. Mm. And yeah, we had six yellow cards, including um, two from a given, but six yellow cards in in one game. That's that's yeah. We're, we're gonna yeah. We're, we're creating. We're making it harder for ourselves. And it's um, defining. Yeah. Yeah, and this one of the things that the new manager is gonna have to try and fix, isn't it? Is this um this poor um, disciplinary record we have yeah it's not great not great at all I think because Al Abd Al Abd's the club captain and Deegan's is the the vice captain isn't he so obviously with those two being two of the worst defenders that doesn't really (laughs) set the right tone for the club does it but um, maybe maybe that's something with a new manager might even mention when he comes in because I don't think it's something any manager's going to continue so no but then but interesting on that actually is that we've had these we've had these bookings and these and these red cards but the players have just come back into the team straight away. Mm. So for me, I would, I would be if I was um, Ollie Lancashire, I'd be absolutely furious if McGiven comes back into the team after he, we were on top of that game in, uh, away at Warsaw yesterday. Um, and I firmly believe that if he hadn't got sent off, I really think we would have won that game. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know. We can never, t- we can never no, test that you out. You can't know. Just not but sure. he completely messed up our afternoon. So he should, if when he's suspended, he should not come back and. It's almost thinking there's a point now where that is, I don't know how this, this how this really works, but surely we've got to start talking about fining the players for this because the clubs incurring the cost. Mm. So you know the the players you know we're not talking about they're not they're not on mega bucks, but start maybe they should have to start penalising some way for them to listen because yeah. it's. Hopefully it doesn't get to that because I can only see that cause it, that only causes more trouble than this. You know, back in the day, you used to sort of get fined two weeks' wages for a real bad red, bad red card, didn't you? And yeah. that was the sort of sort of thing that happened now. But I, I'm not sure whether that sort of thing happens anymore. It'd be interesting to find out from the club whether yeah. players do get sort of fining or something like that. Or, but 
there there is justification for punishing someone for this sort of thing and, and making an example of them and it might be that McGiven is that example but it all depends on what the new manager fancies because if the new manager comes in and doesn't fancy you know um, Lancashire for some reason then McGiven's just going to come straight back into the team isn't he but yeah. I, it does, I do fear for, for Lancashire a little bit because I do think he's a good player and he probably should be playing more but he's obviously coming in and dribs and drabs and being involved in these bad defensive things that happen here and there and so he, he's not really getting his game going is he so there no, we go. Well, we'll have to see. But in terms in terms of discipline, Nolly, it might just be worth talking about this before they, obviously we talk about their 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 late goal. But um, they obviously had a yellow card, another yellow and a red right at the end for some mad thing. And I, I obviously only looked at the highlights. What what exactly did that Bakioka get sent off for? Celebrating so, in the stands was it? Yes, yes. It was over celebrating. Oh, so yeah, so McGiven got sent off, um, and then the game completely turned. We still had some chances, but yeah, the game turned. And then for the last 15, 10 minutes, we were backs against the wall, mm. tin hats on. Um, and yeah, he got booked for over-celebrating. So he jumped into... I'm not sure if he actually jumped into the, their fans, but um, he was definitely um, yeah jumping in. And he was very well, surprised to get sent off. Yeah, but. what do you make of that? As, as just as a general football fan, do, do you think getting booked for taking your shirt off or celebrating excessively is, is all right or not? I hate it. I think, I think the football is such a passionate game. It should just, you know, unless it's something that's incited a massive load of trouble and you've been doing it right in front of, like, you know, the the away fans, like someone that's gone up and shushed them all. I, I can sort of see that because that's antagonistic. But if you've just yeah. run over to your own fans in a in a sort of passionate embrace or you've taken your shirt off just in a mad moment, I hate the fact you get booked for that. I think yeah. it's crap. I think it ruins the game. Yeah, it does. And obviously, you know, if you think about um, some of the... The, like the Aguero goal, you've got obviously yes. got the Sky, you've got um, the Sky commentary, which is pretty famous now. But it's yeah. also him with taking taking his shirt off, the Ryan Giggs celebration in the FA yeah. Cup. It's you know when he gets his hairy chest out. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's about football's about emotion. It's an it's an entertainment, isn't it? You know, not always for shoes we found at the moment, but it is. It's an entertainment, mm. and you go there to try and get entertained and enjoy yourself and. For me, that's part of the fun of of the game. When you know you score in the last minute, everyone piling on and all like, okay, I don't think players should be going on. I'm sorry, fans should be going on the pitch. No, but when you see all the players jumping in the fans and stuff, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it kind of it kind of just sanitizes the game a bit, and and you can't blame the referees because they're just applying the rules and they, yeah, they, didn't, they yeah, didn't come up with the rules, you know. But um, yeah, I hate it. I wish they would change that rule. Anyway, so yeah, he got sent off, and then obviously there's the 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 the, the sickener. You know, to me on the highlights, it looked like it was a corner, and it just you know obviously we really struggle with corners, but this is a whole new level of problems because it just went straight in, didn't it? I don't think anyone got a touch, and if anyone I'm did get a touch, yeah. it was from bloody um, Ebanks Blake. So it shows he knows where the goal is still. It's just unfortunately ours. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if I'm honest, I, I, it was the other end of the, the pitch and I couldn't tell. Yeah. Uh, I did watch in the highlight, I couldn't quite tell, it's not that clear. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, unfortunately they can, they they scored in the, um, on the 88th minute and, sorry, yeah, the 90th minute, sorry. And mm. um, yeah, that was the game. No way came back. Over. No way back. That was that. No. Sad. And you, everyone was raging at the end. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think people were, I think that's why almost everyone was so frustrated and annoyed is that we we genuinely had a real good chance to win that game and we did create chances and we were positive mm. um and we did we were also the referee the linesman did several um incorrect decisions offside earlier in the game and then he then he made two more which was clinical the referee was in some ways quite good at times you know he was doing the rules properly and he was kind of like managing the game okay but yeah, yeah then he made a few um silly decisions um <sighs> 
But yeah, it was just a bit disappointing, really. And I guess people's frustration then directed to McGiven because he was a bit of the, uh, the skateboard <laughs> for the afternoon. <laughs> but but to me, it sounds like, you know, going from my, my sort of report of the Bradford game where I didn't really have all that many positives, Ollie, to, to this week, it sounds like you've got a lot more, you know, we, I think personally coming from afar, it sounds like you've been very fair there. You've you've covered what you think were the positives about it and the negatives about it. Unfortunately, it's football. You know, we got zero points. The negatives are the negatives, you know, and, and we're still stuck down the bottom of the league and struggling to get, you know, back on back on sort of pace with the pack now, aren't we? So, yeah, is there, is there anything else you want to really go about that game before we move on to your top three? Um, I think maybe it's just worth doing the um, th- some of the three-word match reports. That's oh, yeah, good. Maybe kind of yeah. like summarising the, um, the game. Um, so a few comments from um, from um, fellow fans. Um, so um, we've got Harry, Harry Dean saying um, we are, um, let's just say, not very good. Um, Sam <laughs> Pugh saying um, very fine margins. Um, oh, Darren, uh, Darren saying the linesman cost us. Um, Dale saying discipline is shocking. Um, Rob Davis saying bring in jacket. Um, Someone saying, where is Jermaine Granderson? I'm not sure his defensive ability was really... Um... I started to bring back Grando campaign at the weekend, Ollie. Uh, I, I, I think <laughs> it can't Grand- be any worse. Granderson was overrated, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd rather yeah. see we're maybe not, We're going to fall Smith. out in a minute, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, with his, um, with his Philip Neville stepovers. But um, <laughs> yeah, and then um, yeah, um, Aid with Aid Plimmer with um, McGiven as a, is, is scapegoat. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, a few others saying, like, we should have won. And... Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, it was frustrating, but um, I think it gives us something to build on. And mm. um, fair play to Danny um, um, for the, the caretaker manager. Um, he did get the, the lads going, and um, yeah, a disappointing one and a missed opportunity. I, I did like one that I think it's a guy called Trevor Palin put where he put biscuit tin stadium. So you can never never forget that <laughs> we don't like Walsall. So no, we there don't, we go. Yeah. I, I I said relegation form continues because when you look at our form now, geez Louise, it's uh, it's definitely the sort of form that gets you relegated, and it gets you relegated probably by a few clear points as well. So yeah, it's got to, we've got to turn it around, haven't we? It doesn't yeah, matter we about have. managers, it doesn't matter anything else. We desperately desperately need some points. So. It's another game gone and it brings me on to a wider point which I think I'll probably talk about now in that well should we talk about now or in the news I think we'll talk about it in yeah, the news because it's more of a manager related issue yeah. in the time that could be potentially taken so yeah go through your top three and we'll move on to the salad news yeah. so yeah so um, in terms of um, my top three um, Gogo's got to be man of the match for me um, battled all game relentless and so many blocks mm. um, Waring was a battler throughout the match he had a good um, good performance um, and I'd also and then third Riley so I thought he was a threat going forward uh, put a few decent balls into the box and also for giving um, a given um, <laughs> stick so um, fair play yeah I like that, that. Yeah, so they're my top three. Nice one. I think we're going to remember that Riley talk to think to McGiven all season because it's one of those sort of comic moments that just sort of summed up how the fans <laughs> yeah. were feeling. Like it at does. least Riley's obviously knows exactly what everyone was feeling there. Like, what are you doing, you moron? <laughs> anyway, there we go. So, um, yes, zero points again. But um, some things for a new manager who was watching that on the DVD or if he was there. We don't think there was any managers there. But um, at least something there to be slightly positive about. And people keep saying it all the time, don't we? This team is, you know, we've got plenty to work with and there's a, there's a good enough squad here to stay up. But... Yeah, it, at this point in time, they've got to start showing it because there's also just as much chance of us getting relegated with these players. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting in the next few games, isn't it? And we'll, we'll go over that now. So, um, yeah, Walsall done, Ollie, and uh, we'll move on to the salad news. Away eventually. Off it goes to Holt. He does really well. This is Humphrey. It's 2-0 Shrewsbury Town. So, salad news. So, um, let's start with um, an interesting one. We had the board sitting in the way end. Did you hear about this, Glenn? 
I did, yeah. I think they mentioned it on the radio, obviously, that um, uh, the the board, the board, two people <laughs> were sitting in the away end. It's hard to notice this amongst uh, 600 fans, I suppose. But yeah, Roland and James Hughes were in there. So I don't really know what to make of it, I suppose. It's just weird, interesting timing, isn't it, that it comes when we've got no manager. But um, yeah, I don't know what to say, really, because I don't know what the, what the reasons for it are behind it. So it's a bit no, of a strange it's, one. It's one of those ones, isn't it, that um, creates more questions than answers. Um, it certainly generates more rumours, Ollie, yeah, which is does, the tricky yeah. thing, isn't it, for for people that run a football club? Because I heard lots of rumours as to why I was in there, and and lots of you know very interesting, salacious things. But <laughs> I'm not going to say what they are because they yeah. could be balls, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and you know that I, I will. Well, there we go. I won't, I won't say it. Yeah, let's not. Um, let's not let's it's not just, just, just a point. strange one, isn't it? And, and hopefully, yeah. he was just there gaining some fans' views about who he'd want as manager, which would be quite nice and positive. But unfortunately, I didn't hear anybody say that. You know, if that had happened, I think someone would have probably been on on some sort of social media or online or BNA saying, oh, well, I spoke to the chairman because I doubt that he just sat there without talking to the fans. So, but no, I didn't hear anything like that. Yeah, I, d- I didn't see, I didn't see them, see them chatting to him. I did see them talking to um, one of the, the supporters groups, one of the tens of thousands of separate splinter groups that we have um, in the Shrewsbury Town supporters um, numbers. But um, yeah, um, yeah, so that was an interesting one. Um and I guess, yeah, anything else? I guess we kind of, the main story is, is managers, isn't it? We're still mm. waiting for a manager. Yeah, so obviously um, Tony Mowbray's ruled himself out, as we saw this week as well, yeah. and a, f- a few other people have. I think, uh, obviously, the, the book betting remains fairly similar, doesn't it, Ollie? You know, you've still got Jacket, um, Edwards, and... Um, oh, what's his bloody name now? I've forgotten. Um Hughes, we got Hughes. Hughes from no, not Hughes. Sorry, um, uh, Jim Bentley. Yeah, Jim so they're Bentley, sort of still yeah. the top three. He got aren't they? booed. He got booed off apparently, and they lost two 0 to Stevenage. Apparently, he got booed off. So he's just getting in practice, mate. Just getting the practice <laughs> in, so that when he comes to shoes, we're getting relegated. A he's home defeat. Fully familiar yeah. with the feeling. <laughs> yeah, so, so that yeah, was that. Not good. No, and I guess the interesting one that did come out so later in the evening there was um, an interesting video that was um, shared, and I don't know if anyone I don't I don't watch the the Channel Five um, highlights program. Yeah, it's nonsense, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't watch it, but um, but no, it was um, interesting that um, the um, Kenny um, Kenny Jacket was saying that he he doesn't necessarily um, he's not waiting for only for Championship clubs, and he would yeah. be interested in a in a League One team, um, and basically a team that he thinks is underachieving that he could take forward. Mm. No. As a Shrewsbury fan, your ears prick up and you think, "Oh, Kenny Jacket, really, really well-respected manager, is interested in managing Shrewsbury." I guess the only thing it could be is he could be talking about another club in the Midlands. Or, or, or yeah, it could be talking about Coventry, for yeah, example. Exactly, but yeah. I mean, to me, Kevin, Kenny, Coventry feels like a worse fit for Kenny Jacket than we do because it's just a bit yeah. of a basket case, isn't it? But um, you know, I think the interesting thing about that was that people have sort of this week kind of stepped back from thinking we're going to get Jacket and that we're hoping too much because monetary reasons, but also because um, Brian Cardwell did an interview in the week talking about there are some managers out there that are waiting for a championship job and the Shropshire Star ran a story without him saying specifically Jacket that oh Jacket's now not interested in the job but where, whereas he could have been talking about anyway he could have been talking about Ian Holloway he could have been talking about you know various other managers that are keeping themselves for championship jobs you know Pearson for example had just lost his job so it, that's quite an interesting one and no one's ever ruled Kenny Jack out of the job and, and you know it does seem more unlikely maybe of the of the three that are sort of being talked about but um yeah, there we go. Who knows? It could be us or Coventry was referring to there, or it could be someone that's still got a job, a manager at the job that's about yeah, to lose Charlton it. Yeah, so. Charlton or somewhere like that, maybe. Yeah, Charlton or Gillingham. You might lose their manager soon. You could consider them to be a reasonably, maybe slightly bigger club than us. I don't, I'm not sure. We're probably pretty similar to us, to be honest. Yeah. But um, there we go. We'll have to see, won't we, how it all shakes out. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit um, interesting, interesting to know and hear that the club are kind of doing the right things. You know, they're interviewing people. Um, but I think, there's, yeah, there's something you wanted to say, wasn't there, about. Um, 
about kind of like the foresight and the planning. Yeah, I, I, I do feel. I mean, I, 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 not everyone agrees with this, but I, I feel like we probably should have been in a position where we should have been able to get a manager in before the Sheffield United game. That's an ideal first game for a new manager. You know, get in first home game. You know, maybe, maybe it's not as good as the game on Saturday because it's a home game on a Saturday, but. You know, it just after losing these two home, after losing these two games under under um, Danny Coyne, you know, the whole place just needs a lift, and we need to just get on with it. We we can't afford to just have thrown three games away here. You know, at this stage of the season, you know, three games, nine points. You know, it's a big big chunk of the season in some respects in terms of, of where we are at the moment. And I just feel like maybe maybe we knew that the end was coming for Mickey. You know, there was a rumours that he'd been talking to Tramia for a little bit longer than maybe we all assumed at the time. And, and you do wonder why we'd not... We probably were making inquiries as to this, that and the other. But it, to me, unless we announce a manager tomorrow, I, I just think if we're waiting until next Saturday, I just think that's probably gone on a little bit too long and, and it's just... Yeah, maybe might be the thing that comes back to cost us because if we get relegated by three points or four points, you could easily point to this little period here where we were sort of rudderless, you know. And as much as Danny Coyne's tried to do his best, he hasn't quite been able to get us over the line in either of the games that he's he's managed. And and let you know, Sheffield United, if he is in charge, is an incredibly tough game. So we could go three losses out of three. For me, I just feel like that's that's three games we couldn't really afford to waste. But um, I know not everyone will agree with that because I had people saying to me, "Well, we've got to take time because we need to get this decision right." But for me, taking time doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get this decision right. It doesn't taking another week over. It doesn't guarantee that we will get a brilliant manager coming. It will save us. We could we could still get relegated. So time to me, it was more about just changing the direction of the club rather than than, than being very. I don't know. It's it's fifty fifty for me because I can understand being thorough as well and. There we go. I just feel like it's it's dragged on a little bit personally. Yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely something in there. It was clear, it's plain for everyone to see that um, the fans weren't happy with Mickey Mellon and results yeah. weren't going the way. So it almost made a being being a bit more proactive. But maybe that's us talking. You know, obviously it's not good when you have rumours that we're interviewing people. And I guess I don't know. Maybe football works that so you have to only be reactive to when your manager mm. sacked. But um, yeah, let's hope, let's hope they can get a manager soon because. Yeah, we we clearly do need um, someone to come in and um, kind of, yeah, kind of um, wipe the slate clean and um, start the season off again. Yeah. Because um, if you look at the league table right now, before the before the start of the game, for the for the start of the two games that Danny Coyle's had, we're only a few points off mid table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. we're now we're now um, seven points behind, yeah. which you know, you add another three points. Um, if the team's in the middle of the table or winning the week, that takes us to 10 points away and that, that gap just starts growing. Mm, and I think if it is Jim Bentley, Moore can probably want it done sooner rather than later <laughs> because it seems, no, but in all fairness, it seems like the speculation might have slightly unsettled him and, and Morecambe as well because their form's been absolutely terrible since his name got first mentioned with not just our job but with Tramier's job. Yeah. Since he got involved with getting in the speculation of him moving on, they've gone right down the tubes a bit. So, you know, the dragging on doesn't really help anyone really. So no. um, there we go. But we can't really say too much about managers because we think we've covered the sort of main have, main guys yeah. and, and it could be someone... I see Robbie... I know I half-joked um, about Robbie Fowler the other week, but he was actually in one of the Sunday papers that Robbie Fowler's interested in managing Shrewsbury again. I reckon there's someone at one national newspaper that just takes the takes the mick with that and just <laughs> just puts that story in every time the job at Shrewsbury becomes available just to get us excited. Well, maybe it's so. his mates. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's one of his mates as a Shrewsbury fan. So he, he's yeah, going on Twitter all the time. It is weird how he always gets mentioned. The only other sort of bit of salad news that can affect us, but is the sort of thing that might affect us down the line, but could be cracking for the club is um, I don't know if you saw Connor Goldson has obviously been rewarded with his good form at Brighton that he's he's had 
since he joined there he's got another four year deal so obviously they're protecting their assets which is the sort of thing that sensible football club's done and so if a bid comes in this summer for him which obviously a lot of people thought he might move last summer but if it comes in this summer for him it's going to be for a shed ton more money than it would have been last summer so obviously with our sell-on which is unaffected that could be pretty good for the club yeah no that's a, that's a good move and fair play to Connor Goldson I guess um, yeah all of his family are expecting better Christmas presents this year so yeah I'm sure he's had a nice wage um, increase but no fair play to Connor Goldson he's injured at the moment and yeah, yeah hopefully he comes back and gets back into the Brighton team yeah, it's always good to see him playing, isn't it? I, I always watch our young lads that have come through at the other clubs and and see how they're doing, sort of thing. It's just uh, it's quite interesting because you've got Woods and Kai Kai playing with each other at the moment, haven't you? Which yeah, is, we have. Yeah, which is quite interesting. So there we go. We we keep. I said I meant to say this the other week. We were going to go through the players we've got out on loan and how well they're doing. But I have to say, I think Shrewsbury Town have been doing quite a good job of that. I don't know if you've seen yeah, they've they been have. doing a sort of loan update, but the sort of Ethan Jones thing sort of drifted away. You know, and we know Ethan Jones is the podcast, and we're not quite sure. Saturday as well. He what? Sorry, he was at the game on Saturday oh, was he? as well. Yeah, yeah so okay. he was with good. Us into the game so yeah no is um yeah but the it's, it's Camille Anderson well. is the one that's standing out at the moment isn't he because he seems yeah. to score every single week for Ailes I mean yeah no he's doing well and I think that just it almost you've got a question as well as our defence um, is being quite poor uh, mm. we're not scoring goals yeah we've got someone out on loan who's scoring goals a I'll be at a lower level but yeah, still scoring level. goals and obviously Dom Smith so um yeah it'll be interesting to see what the new manager thinks of that as well if he's if you've got any knowledge of those players, yeah, it's just good to see them doing well, though, isn't it? It's one, it's one of the one of the few positives around the club at the moment. So I hope he keeps banging them in because uh, he's been doing brilliantly. So fair play to you, Mr. Anderson, and we'll sure hopefully see you back here for your your one of your first games at some point. But um, yeah, I think that covers the news, Ollie. So yeah. um, we'll wrap this one up now and go through our predictions, and uh, and then we'll move on. Jevons with a golden chance to maybe put the tie to bed. Daniel's poised on the line, goes for the corner, great save by the goalkeeper. Okay, so we'll just go on to our, our updated prediction competition, the Glynn versus Ollie. Um, obviously, Ollie's miles ahead at the moment uh, after a couple of weeks where he's got the results right, but we both actually got the, the score right. Sorry, the, we both the actually result. got the result right last week, didn't we? Both obviously went for town to lose, and obviously they did, but we didn't think it'd be quite as close as that. We both went for 2 1. Um, obviously, 3 2 was just as close, but we didn't think we'd score that many goals. So, um, yes, uh, that remains pretty much the same. So, we're going to go for Northampton now, Ollie, see if either of us can get this right. Now, this is probably going to depend a lot upon whether we think a new manager's in place or not. I think probably pretty sure that we'll have our new manager in by at least next Saturday. So, do you think we'll get that new manager bounce? Do you think that'll help us against Northampton, who are, who are not in the worst form, are they? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we get a new manager by Saturday, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think how 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 are Northampton getting on. So Northampton are ninth in the league, mm-hmm. um, and their last results um, they they lost. Uh, sorry, yeah, they lost to um, to Millwall three one at home, um, a couple of draws and a couple of defeats. So they're on a quite a poor run. So I'm going to go for a Shrewsbury win. Um, yeah. I'm going to go for a two nil win to Shrewsbury. Okay, I'm going to go for a two-two draw. <laughs> okay. I think that we'll get a bit of a bounce. We'll finally, you know, not lose at home, which will be helpful. But I still think that there's. It's going to be interesting how the crowd go, isn't it, on this one? I think if we've got the new manager and we all get up for it and it's exciting, but there are potentially some managers who we might bring in that might not get the blood rush in it, might not kind of get that new manager bounce as much as we hope we would. Because there's and to go a bit off topic, but I've seen quite a lot of negativity about Jim Bentley getting the Shrewsbury job over the last week. And that's been quite interesting to sort of see. And I think it probably goes back to how bad Morecambe are doing. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how Shrewsbury spin it and how they get the fans behind them. And, and I'd like to think we'd get a decent crowd with the new manager in. But, I don't, you know, I'm just on the way our form is at the moment. 2-2 would, probably wouldn't be the worst starting platform for a new manager. So 
I'll go for 2-2. Two, two. That's what I think yeah. I'll, I'll go for. And in terms of the next few weeks, obviously, we've gone through that tricky little run of away games, <laughs> um, empty-handed. But um, obviously, we've now got two home games coming up in a week now. So Sheffield United at home, which is tricky without a manager um, at the moment. And then the Northampton game we just discussed. And then we end up October with a trip away to Southend. So again, it's not, you know, again, because of the trouble we're in, I keep saying again, um, it's tricky. Tricky run again, isn't it? And, you know, that Sheffield United game is probably going to be the hardest of the three, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. Sheffield are doing pretty well. Um, they're sitting fifth in the league, so it's yep. going to be not going to be an easy one. Um, and then, yeah, Southend. Um, Southend are nearer down the bottom, but but everyone's yeah, above 90s, us. Yeah. <laughs> There's only Coventry who um, who are below us. So yeah, everyone's technically better than us at the moment so far this season. Unbelievably, Southend have got a worse goal difference than us. They've got a goal difference of minus ten. So. They must obviously be pretty porous at the back, so maybe there's something to sort of cling on to there. So I, I think that that's a game with our away form that we should definitely be looking to go and get some points from. So to me, that seems like probably one of the more easy games, really, depending on, on, on where we look at it, which is weird. You'd always think your home games would be your easy ones, wouldn't you? But yeah, we obviously played a game more than Coventry as well, Ollie, which is the slightly concerning thing, isn't it? Because yeah, uh, yeah. we are the lowest of the teams that's played 13 games, and that is by two points from Oldham. And we're now three points from safety as well, which is an even more concerning thing. And our goal difference, I say, other than us and Oldham on minus eight there's only South End with the worst one so all those sort of signs are not too good but there you go it's early in the season it's only 10 points in the playoffs Ollie yeah no it's <laughs> keep not looking good. at that gap first yeah and also um, yeah um, it's kind of funny but it's not really actually very funny no, at it's all, terribly but, not but, funny but, um, but, um, but Brown because of his because um, of his because of the B for Brown he's our top goal scorer so oh, our God. left back is our top goal scorer for us it's concerning isn't it sums everything up you can't see uh, Ebanks Blake having a resurgence end to the season <laughs> and uh, well, we've only got him to Christmas haven't we unless he's got right. a time machine he can go back <laughs> <laughs> to being the play he was at Wolves yeah but, Jesus um, but, man yeah so no it's um no <laughs> so, yeah so I'm going for a 2-0 win but now I'm kind of thinking maybe that was a mistake but um you've done it Ollie yeah it's too late no now. going back there we go alright cool we'll have to see what it is then so yeah. we're yeah that brings us to the end of this episode so um yeah do you want to sort of just take it out ollie yeah so yeah thanks for listening guys um yeah please follow us on um salopcast on twitter um and yeah i hope, hope you enjoyed um, listening please um share with us your feedback and um yeah we'll be back again um next week yeah we're back next week to cover both the games i'm going to be at both of them um so we should have another sort of meaty bit of stuff to discuss so yeah cheers for listening guys and we shall see you next week oh!